Hello guys and welcome, welcome to, to Happy, Happy Single, Single Moms. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying? Yes! <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Moms, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life, talking about subjects from self-doubt to business to baby father drama, sex and loneliness. I want to ask real questions to my guests about real single mummy life. Can you really be happy? And can you be happy as a mum in general? Every episode will deliver the best hard-hitting topics surrounding mummy life and the innate goal to try and find real happiness. So, here's your host, me, Khalifa. Today we have a magnificent man, his name is Rob Roseman and he has his own meme platform called What The F Divorce alongside his um, own page that's called Dad's The Best I Can and I absolutely love this because I think ultimately we're all doing the best we can when it comes to parenting. I think we want to do better than our parents but then we think we can until we actually have the little suckers and we realize that do you know what mum and dad you did the best you bloody could at that time so and I, I and I also feel like especially with parenting it's always good to hear how other people parent because it's all well and good to judge our, our parenting skills but then when you actually see and hear from other people how they parent their kids it's it's an eye-opener, and I know that on your platform, you always ask people, especially, obviously, it's with men, you ask men, like, how do you parent? What do you do? So it's good to hear other people's stories. So, Rob, please tell the audience a bit about yourself, your platform, alongside the what of a F divorce, which we're going to jump into in a minute as well. Well, thank you for uh, having me on the show, and I will say, as a parent, we just <laughs> were in the Atlanta area, and we just started school up on Monday, and... I had no idea. I thought I was losing my mind, like towards the end of summer with three kids at home. And like they went to school and just like there was this moment of peace. So right now I haven't felt this relaxed in a long time. So if you caught me last week, I, my head would be spinning. Oh, my God. How did you find the pandemic? Uh, yeah. I'm a dad to three kids, ages 10, 8 and 5 now. And I used to be a Las Vegas poker pro. So I had a unique unique career and uh, got married, had three kids in Las Vegas of all places, moved to Atlanta area and uh, for my uh, wife's career and yada, yada, yada. A couple of years later, we ended up getting divorced at the start of the pandemic. And it was just like, like you said, you didn't know if it was the pandemic, if it was divorce, if it was what, but you know, just as a dad and then being a divorced dad, I was just always curious, like, is anybody else going through this? Is anybody seeing this crap, you know? And uh, I ended up, like, connecting with people on, I was never really on social media before, but Instagram of all places, and started to meet uh, a lot of men, actually, that were speaking about divorce and parenting, and was just like, it was a lifeline for me. So it turned into my therapy, and I was just, like, you know, really hungry to connect with other other guys and then other, you know, Obviously, women make up a big part of the divorce population, especially the ones that are out seeking help. So, you know, just a way to, mm -hmm. you know, connect people and have conversations that 
you're not the only one going through this was really important to me. Yeah. But Gina, why do you think it is that the divorce rates are high? Because the studies do say that one in four marriages will end in divorce, but yet people are getting married every day, every year, you know, every hour. And if, I don't know, it's like you said that you're a poker player. Ultimately, getting into a marriage is like a gamble. And why would you play if you know you potentially could lose? That's a good point. And you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. That's a song I think about a lot. You said one in four. I thought it was 50%, and uh, which is interesting because I'm, I'm 45 years old now, and none of my friends were divorced, so I felt like I was the only one. So I think maybe as the kids get older, you start to see uh, divorces, the divorce rate increase from parents of kids in high school and college. But, uh, you know, I'll push back on that you know, that number. I'm not really sure how a marriage makes it from start to finish. If finish is, uh, you know, till death do us part. I think it's a really ambitious uh, undertaking. And I also think along those lines that just because you get divorced, doesn't mean your marriage was a failure or that it should be looked at as shameful. You had, you know, beautiful kids from it. You know, it was a, a lo- longest relationship that I've ever had. I was married nine years. So I think a lot of it is there's a stigma around divorce that uh, marriage and divorce and then you're ostracized or you, you know, you, there's like this disconnect when in reality, I think so many of us are going through it and just not talking about it that we can make it a, a, a healthier thing. And it, maybe it just is part of life and relationships. But do you not also think that, like, I know that my grandparents' generation, they stuck it out. I call my generation the microwavable <laughs> generation in comparison to their generation that were like, they're like ovens, you know, like, and you wouldn't really know the intricacies of their marriage. Maybe the husband is cheated or maybe it's abusive, but they stayed together. Like, they really believe that to death do us part, um, quote. So do you feel like it's easier now I don't know, with the growth of technology, female empowerment, all this suffragette burning all of our bras. <laughs> like, do you think that it's easier now to leave a marriage than it was then? Oh, absolutely. And what I've learned about divorce is it was kind of taboo and unheard of. I mean, from what I heard 50 years ago, uh, women couldn't even get their own bank account or these kind of things that just restricted women and kept them in marriages that, look, if you're in an abusive marriage or you're terribly unhappy, why should you stick that out till death do us part? Maybe that's a model that was, you know, broken. And maybe we shouldn't uh, applaud the miserable old couple that stayed together forever when somebody else is, you know, 45 and living their best life or meeting. You know, the other thing that we have to think about is a lot of times we're meeting these people in our early 20s when we're, I don't know about you, but I'm not the same person I was back then. So if you're growing and that person is growing or not growing at a different uh, trajectory, to expect that to uh, work long term, I think that's more unrealistic. And I do think people might, some people might give up on things uh, too quickly, but I think the opposite is more true. I think more people are holding on to really unhealthy, unhappy relationships when they might be better off getting divorced. Yeah. But do you not also think that what I found in my, although I look like I'm 12, I'm not, I'm 35. (laughs) Do you not also feel like a lot of times people enter relationships or I'm guilty of it because we want someone to make us happy. We're seeking someone to fulfill a very unrealistic expectation. And then when you bang a ring on top of that, it's the 
I don't know, maybe Disney lied to us. I don't know what it was that we as women as well, we're guilty of it, that we think that someone's going to come along, this nonsensical Prince Charming is going to come along and save the day. He's going to know what to do. He's going to know how to handle me when I feel emotionally imbalanced and I'm on my period and I'm stressed at work. You should know how I feel. You need to enter into my brain and know how I feel. So we have a very unrealistic expectation alongside men. Women don't want to have sex every freaking day. You know, we're not there as sex toys and we're not there to stroke your emotional ego. Do you think that we're both guilty on, on both sides? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't take any classes in high school or college about how to have a healthy relationship. I think most of us are, if we can figure it out at all, it's like, we're attracted to somebody. We end up you know, dating them. Then we're sleeping together. And then a lot of times it's like, okay, what now? Are we going to get married? Or are we going to break up? Breaking up is a very hard thing to do, you know, even if you know it's right. So I think it's, uh, that's why I said I think marriage in general is a very ambitious uh, idea because I don't think a lot of us, unless you get really lucky with the person and growing together, I yeah. think it's, uh, we weren't taught, I didn't know anything about what boundaries were before I got on Instagram. It wasn't like, you know, my parents were teaching me these things. So, you know, and their yeah. parents were teaching them. So I think like we're a generation where I think we're figuring things out and maybe we are a little too quick to pull the trigger. We're parenting a little, you know, too yeah. intensely at times. I can't find the balance there myself. But uh yeah, I think like all of this is new to people. You throw kids on top of a relationship like uh, to expect that to just work smoothly without both people really working on it is unrealistic yeah i feel like they people should they should be like a like a, a club you know i know we have like sex ed in school but they we need to be taught this we need to be taught about what attachments are about how, like you just mentioned boundaries how to have a healthy relationship you know because ultimately how to have a healthy relationship with yourself i think that's the most that's our, our relationships with ourselves are going to be our, the longest relationships we have for the rest of our lives so how to have a healthy relationship with yourself and how to have a healthy relationship with other people and i think ultimately when we go through certain things in life we can then teach our children like this is what a healthy relationship should look like but then on the flip side, and I'm going to contradict myself, I do feel like we are so enlightened right now with technology and Google and all these magnificent buzzwords like gaslighting and narcissists. And I feel like we have now become over-educated that we're just, everything is something. Do you, get, do you know what I mean? Like everything is, if, if a guy doesn't do what you want, he's a narcissist. If a woman doesn't do, you mm -hmm. know, it's, it's getting too much. So I feel like we're educated but now we're using this education to strangle any possibility of a healthy relationship because we are flawed, our teeth by our tongue, you know. So if your own body can go against itself, why do you feel like you're going to meet someone else and they're not going to have problems? And we're so quick to, like, we've, we were like an X-Factor nation, like just, or American Idol nation. If something doesn't feel right, we just mm -hmm. hit the buzzer, like, right. next. <laughs> And that's very unrealistic. We can't hit the next button on our kids when they mm -hmm. piss us off. So how can we hit the buzzer with everyone that comes along that doesn't fit this narrative? You know, oh, absolutely. You know I mean? And I think you see that the most. And after divorce, obviously, one of the first things men especially do is we start dating. We get on the apps and talk about a slot machine of X, check, where you're just like getting that 
you know, I think so much of it is, like you said, the technology is giving us this, these hits of dopamine that feel good in the moment, yeah. but they wear off and then we need more of them. And the reality is a uh, relationship is always going to feel exciting in the beginning. And no matter who you're with, it's going to yeah. plateau. And if we're so quick to say, eh, this isn't fun anymore, I'm out of here, you know, of course, I, I think, yeah, like you said, we have gone a little too far. So we need to find that balance. And if we can educate our yeah. kids on that and kind of break this generational uh, behavior that we're passing down relationally, that is an incredible gift that I think people, when they think about, should I stay in this marriage for my kids? If you can get out, and I will be the first to say it is very, it you know, divorce is, might be a long-term beneficial thing, but short-term, your life is going to get worse. It's going to be expensive, emotional. But if you have young kids that are going to grow up to have relationships, how can we model what a good relationship is if we're not in one in our marriage mm-hmm. or, or a relationship with ourselves? Like how many people say, oh, I don't want my daughter to see me act like this around, uh, you know, my husband or the, her dad. So it, it's very challenging. I think people do make light of, oh, just, you know, get divorced. It's, it's all about you. You got to do what's best for you. There's a lot more to that. But I think that is like the the goal is figure out what works for you. And if you can model that behavior for your kids, you can really you know, change a lot of lives. Yeah. And we don't really we don't really think about the, the effects that are that, that we have as parents to our children. I think that ultimately, sometimes they don't listen to what they say. They, they see what we do and they model it. And oftentimes when two broken people come together and they haven't actually seen a healthy relationship and they try and make this thing work, it's just a rippling effect of negativity. So I think platforms like yours, even with the funny memes and speaking to dads and even us speaking today and learning, educating ourselves as to why we do what we do, uh, it's, it's amazing. I want to ask you, um, since you have been divorced, how have you actually found dating? Dating is a roller coaster. It is very hard. I am currently in a relationship, so I, I've, but for that first year after divorce, I was, uh, you know, probably over 110 dates, really just trying to meet people, figure out who I am, figure out who I am in a relationship as many guys do, fill a void, an emotional void, our ego, my ego was really shattered after divorce, where I'm like, you know, you want that other person to help uh, validate you. So I think uh, I was working on myself a lot, but I was also going on a lot of dates, you know, using the apps probably way too much because they are very addictive. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. it's very challenging for people that are in their 30s, 40s and 50s that are just start dating that are thrown these, you know, Ferraris and said, oh, just go meet, you know, 10,000 people, figure out how to filter them, see what their red flags are. So I think it does, that's where uh, I I ended up learning a lot from dating coaches, divorce coaches about, uh, you know, behavior, dating behavior. And I I read a really good book and I had the author on the podcast It's called No More Mr. Nice Guy. And one of the big, he's been divorced three times. So he's like, I'm a, I'm a marriage family therapist and I've been divorced three times. So I've, you know, learning as I go myself. But he says in dating and business and in life that it's okay to be a bad picker, but you have to become a good ender. And most of us are terrible at ending things. We're good at, uh, you know, getting into things, but then we see the red flags. We see that this probably shouldn't work out. And then it's six months down the road and we're still in a relationship. So I, 
what I took from that is that dating is a great opportunity to develop that ending muscle that it's okay to go on a, you know, bad date with somebody or, you know, maybe date them for a few weeks, sleep with them if that's what you you want to do. But when you see that this person is not for you and no hard feelings, you know, towards them, you have to get good at saying, mm. you know what, you know, you're a good person, but I just don't think this is a match. And what I learned is like people respect that actually and, and hiding that and getting into these kind of resentful entanglements is a lot worse. So figuring out, you're only going to know who, you know, how else could we figure out if you like somebody? Some, you could go meet Brad Pitt over there and find out, uh, yeah, he's hot and this is fun, but you know, who knows what they're like to date. So I think it does take time, but you just have to really be aware, check your ego a lot because there's a lot of, banging your head against the wall with dating. And I have a lot of empathy for people doing it because all my married friends were like, oh, let's see the highlight reel. What's going on today? And I was like, oh, it's not as not as easy and fun as it looks. How long do you think someone should take before they jump back into the dating well, pool? I, I have a disagree with what a lot of people say. Take a year, take two years, really work on yourself. And maybe just because I'm a guy and I was like, I got to get back out there. I can't sit at home and twiddle my thumbs. I think it's important to, I think you can get out there quick. I mean, the first woman I went out with, she said it was funny. We met on the apps and she's like, so how long have you been divorced? And I was like, three weeks. <laughs> and she just started laughing. And I was like, well, I'm going to be honest and tell you. But I think it's important to, you know, do that work on yourself and date and not mm -hmm. just throw yourself into a relationship, like you said earlier, for that person to, you know, save us or create this identity for us. Because I also think you could take a year to yourself, go, you know, to an island, live on a monastery or whatever. You come back and you get in that first relationship and somebody's going to say something that's going to trigger you. And all that, you know, Zen hard work you did on yourself could go out the window. So I think I, I think you can get out there sooner than a lot of people think. But doing so, you know, mindfully and watching where your blind spots are and like, oh, I'm getting into something I, I shouldn't this time. So then how do you, because you said that you went on a date after three weeks. So how do you then, because ideally a woman would feel like a Maya rebound. So how do you then protect the woman's yeah. feeling? Because that's a bit, that, yeah, that's three weeks. Is, well, right. <laughs> You're, it's the it's, definition of a rebound, right? But I think uh, instead of what we yeah. normally would do as men or anybody dating and kind of hide it, just lead with the honesty. Look, this is going to sound crazy. Because you know what, that, that person that I went out with, we ended up dating for a little bit, but we became friends. So we, we did develop a connection. It just wasn't, you know, in a relationship. So I think being honest about it and saying, I mean, I had three young kids, seven, five, and three. I was like, who's going to want to date a dad with, you know, three kids that young? So I would, you know, tell people that. And you never know where somebody else is in their spot. So I think it's, you know, easier said than done. You're going to run into some ghosting and some uncomfortable situations, but just being truthful about it. And the other person might be more open to it. Maybe they aren't looking for the next marriage or serious relationship. Maybe they just want to have some fun or they just want a, a friend, a connection. So don't assume, ask yeah. and, and say what you feel. You didn't put divorced on your profile. Oh, of course. Like, did you? Yeah. I mean, well, what am I supposed did? to do? Right. Married? Single? Single? Well, if, yeah. they, if they only left a checkbox for married or single, I guess, but divorced. Uh, and, you know, again, I've got 
three kids. I'm not going to hide them from somebody and be like, oh, guess what? So to me, and it is interesting that there's like a little bit of a stigma and taboo. Like sometimes at the kid's school, it'll be like checked, married, single or divorced. And I'm like, why do they need to know, you know, that I'm divorced? But mm-hmm. again, if, you, if you're dating in your 40s, you're going to meet most of those people dating. I'd say over half are divorced. So, you know, own it. Be confident about it. I personally would be a little bit more worried if I was dating somebody that is 50 and never had kids or never been married. I'd be like, huh, what's, what is this? What's the story there? Well, I, in the same way that somebody divorced, I might judge. I would also judge somebody and be like, how come this person has never been able to find somebody and at least be curious about the reason. Yeah. And some of the things that I've encountered, especially with women on my um, platform is that when their ex partner when the divorce has gone through that when they get into another relationship they introduce the other partner to the kids relatively quick in comp- I'm going to be sexist now but in, com- in comparison to some women that would actually wait for a very long time especially when surrounding safeguarding because it's just really dangerous and just in, in involving another human being to with your kids so how long should a man take to actually introduce their kids to this new magnificent yeah, shiny Ferrari. Yeah, that is a hard question. There is no like <laughs> right answer, but longer than you probably would think. I think most people are like excited and they're like, "Hey, meet the this is your new stepmom here and slow it down." I think that first meeting should be everybody's like, "How do you do it?" It should be probably at like a a park or, you know, grab a coffee or something with somebody where you meet, keep it short, you know, a 15-20 minute, "Hey, we're just going to, you know, meet this person." Maybe this is my friend. You don't need to spill all the details. So, like, really think about kids are, this is a lot for them to take on. So be mindful of them and, and do it slower than you would think. And like you said, I imagine some people jump into this way too fast because they're excited. And then next thing you know, two weeks later, they're mm-hmm. broken up with this person. And that's a uncomfortable mm-hmm. talk with your kids. And what helpful tips could you give to a man that has just, Yes, but we just wrote a post about this, uh, actually written by a rabbi and a divorce coach, divorce dad. And he's, he gave a lot of good tips, which, like you said, slow down, you know, take stock of where you're at. Uh, I think getting outside, like exercising, because a lot of us will end up on our couch drinking our sorrows away. I think a big piece, too, that guys struggle with, I know I did, is dating is actually easier. You can meet people with just a swipe of a button, but what a lot of us want is connection, camaraderie from other men. And that can be, it can be harder to go meet. You know, I'm 45 now. Well, most of my friends are from when I was, you know, teens, twenties that I've had for a while. Meeting new friends, it's like a guy at the, you know, baseball field in my kids game. So I think getting out there, there's a group called Divorced Over 40 that's all over the world right now that has like meetup social groups. Going to a group like meetup, it's going to be really uncomfortable when you show up there on your own. But if you meet one person that understands what you're going through, it can it can really feel like that you're not the only one going through it. And I think that's something that men especially struggle with. We isolate and then we, you know, self-soothe by dating. And then a lot of times that cycle just repeats itself and we haven't, you know, even worked on ourselves. Yeah. And um, how um, can someone protect their kids' mental health in the process when they're going to That's a great question. Uh, You know, I had a 
amicable divorce. I get along with my ex and co-parents, so I feel lucky. I have some survivor's guilt when I see some of the horror stories that parents have. But I think whatever feelings that you have about your ex, if they are contentious, just try and remember that, you know, the love that you have for your kids is more important than that. If you had to choose, do I hate my ex or do I love my kids? And your kids, a lot of times, they want that relationship with their other parent. Their other parent also might be a pretty good parent. They might be a terrible husband or wife. Those things aren't mutually exclusive. So uh, you really do have to, like, learn boundaries. But the other tip that I learned from uh, coaches, co-parenting coaches, is just, like, listen to your kids. Just, like, let them talk about it. Don't say, oh, it's no big deal. This is going to be fine. You're just going to, you know, dad's house on Tuesday and my house on Thursday, and you forgot your video game. And let them say that, you know, this must feel really uncomfortable for you sometimes or tiring to go from house to house. And just the kids hearing that you're seeing mm -hmm. what they're going through, because most of the time they can't articulate uh, what they're feeling. So just like saying things that you see might be happening and letting them talk and don't try and fix it and just say, yep, that's hard. It's uncomfortable for me too. If you ever want to talk about it, you know, you can and give that space. And that's hard to do, especially for parents, because we're so used to trying to, you know, fix our kids, save their skin knee. So easy to talk about, a lot harder to do. Some of the conversations I've had, I was like, I need to go outside and I'm going to get back to you on that one because I'm not sure what to say right now. It was a big role model for me. He's got four kids. Spending one-on-one -on -one time with your kids where, you know, if you can find a friend or a sitter or your spouse to take your one kid out of there because it's like a completely different experience. And we get so used to this routine of shuttling everybody to school and baseball practice that you almost lose sight of that your kids are people and this relationship is only a limited time. So it's something I still forget to do, but try to find, even if it's not every day or every week, an hour that like, hey, we're just going to go shoot hoops, just me and you. The other kids, I'll give them the iPad and they can figure it out. But that's something that like, I try to remind myself because the, the kids love it. And, you know, I love it, too. How do people find you on social media? Yes. Well, thank you again for having me. This was a fun conversation. I'm glad you pushed back on some of the divorce stuff because some people are, uh, you know, just like, hey, you know, it's like what everybody's doing and you got to do what's best for you. And like, right, we should look at the fact that, you know, this is a new dynamic where people are, you know, self-empowered and things that we're not totally clear on what we're doing, which is a big part of what we do at WTF Divorce. Uh, we're WTF Divorce on Instagram, uh, WTFDivorce.com, just sharing a lot of like great content from other creators, other coaches, and I try to add some comedy to it because if you're not laughing, you're going to be crying. So let's, you know, make light of the fact we're all going through this crazy roller coaster and it, it helps like build a community. People are really like can bond over just the honest confessions and a little bit of levity that we can add to divorce. Yeah. And thank you so much for creating a safe space for me. I think ultimately there's, we as women, we are like, we, 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 we create our tribes. And like you said earlier in regards to going to meet up, it's, we oftentimes just assume that men are these strong beings that don't have any emotions that can just power everything. And in actual fact, you know, suicide rate is extremely high, extremely high. So we need 
platforms like yours and open and honest conversations to let people know that divorce is hard for a man as well. And yeah, you, you men have emotions and you also need a support system and a tribe. So if no one thanks you for creating what the F was, thank you very much for creating a safe space, a funny space for them to kind of sit down and laugh, like you said. Thank you, Khalifa. This was a lot of fun. What the F? Lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys, for taking out the time to listen to the Happy Single Moms podcast. I just want you to know I really, really appreciate your support from all around the world. And to you, single mamas, you are doing it. Well done. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping strong. I also would like to add some exciting news. I have my first official journal, many more to come, by the way, on Amazon called She Wrote It Down and Then It Happened. Hence why I wrote down the fact that I was going to be a podcaster and it actually happened. So you can access it on Amazon. She Wrote It Down and Then It Happened by Khalifa Araba. I would love, love, love to connect with you all on social media. We have a wonderful tribe there. It's um, called the Happy Single Mums Podcast. So please connect with me. Send me a DM and I would love to speak to you. If also you would like to be on the podcast, please send me a DM and we can organize it. Carry on keeping strong and you're keeping your head up. I love you. We love you as a community. Take care, Kalisa. Bye.